what up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. As always, like I asked y'all, do me a favor. Leave a like in the comment section. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave some comments. Let me know what you think as we keep 2024 rolling. Um, again, real quick, shout out to Lux Glam. Uh, located off Arden Mall, next across from Forever 21. If you need to get any hair products as far as getting your hair done, getting your hair cut, stop in. Uh, you know, let me know Coach JT sent you. Again, Lux Glam uh, in Arden Mall across from Forever 21. Um, I'm making this brief uh, bio of my guest today. My guest today for over 20 years is committed to uh, um, serves as a culturally responsive and highly engaging approach to inspire personal, professional and institutional transformation. She's the founder of Mariana Madi Works Productions, a multimedia arts and education organization. Her mission is to boost self-awareness and restorative practices with an emphasis on mental health and emotional hygiene. Through the scope of public health safety and crisis prevention, her impact on social wellness ushers in motivation and guidance essentials for global change. Ms. Mariana, uh, refreshing keynotes, workshops, and training continues to agitate greatness in home, school, neighborhood, and workplace. Ms. Mariana is my guest today. Hey, what's How up? you what's doing? Up? Now, I'm wonderful. You. Appreciate your vibe already. Start, get going. And as you guys know, and we talked offline, her name is pronounced Mariana. So I'll make sure yes. I roll that R a little you bit. You did. You did Thank a good you. job. I was saying my name wrong all my life, too. My mama had to check me and say, you know, you're supposed to roll that thing. So I, I never get mad at folks if they call me Mariana. But if you if you want to put some stank on it, I always say roll that R. It's Mariana. That's what's up. So, yeah. again, thanks for being a guest on the show. And I, as we said before, we're going to jump right into this conversation. However, I do want to give a little background uh, context, just you in general, because I see, I mean, if you don't know you guys, you guys got to follow her on her Instagram page, see the post when she's in the classrooms or talking to these students or just out in public also. But before that, before you became what you are evolving to now, um, give us a little background just about yourself and just where you're from. You know, it's interesting. I was raised uh, in a very rich community in Sacramento full of artists full of activists uh, who really poured into me at a young age. And I have to give props to my mother for that. She recognized that, you know, I was an entertainer and that I was always acting up. And she understood also too, the importance of placing me in environments where that can flourish in a positive way. I think a lot of the times with the children in our community, they have gifts and talents, but if they're not being um, placed in environments that will nurture that, uh, we'll cut up and act out in ways that we will garner attention, but it's not always positive attention. And so my mother at a young age saw that I was in a, you know, lip singing and dancing and performing and acting. And she did a beautiful job of just making sure I got access to a lot of environments where I could flex and explore what that is. So from the Sacramento uh, Repertory Theater, uh, Wose Community, Spiritual Church, you know, all these places that nurtured me, but also empowered me with a lot about you know, African history, African ancestry, black power movements and things like that. So just at a young age, I was exposed to art and culture. So a lot of my roots came through what I call and what I've been, you know, taught from a lot of my elders is known as edutainment. And that's that crossroads, right? Between not just entertaining folks, because there's a lot of us out here who want to entertain, we want to be seen, we want to lead people, we want to have followers, but we don't necessarily know where we're leading them to. And then we get blind followers and oftentimes we're following the likelihood and the attitudes of certain folks that, again, get us in positive or negative influences in harm's way. And so once I started realizing like, okay, it's cool 
you know how to get folks' attention, you know how to get the stage and rock the mic as an MC, a poet, an actress, all these things, but where are you gonna take people to? And so that's when I really started diving into getting into activism and leadership in the community. So my roots really, really go deep as far as arts and culture, activism and leadership. And now as a grown woman now, what I, how I'm serving as a social wellness leader, otherwise known as a social wellness practitioner, is combining the two. So I'm really into engaging community members uh, with fun, with excitement, with thrill, but also making sure that they walk away uh, feeling like they're led in a positive direction, no matter where they are, whatever age, I work with all ages and backgrounds. So that's a bit of my history and how I came to be. Nice. And that um, that back, that this, this path that you're on now, <clears throat> definitely, like I said, it, it helped to be kind of cultured and nurtured in that type of environment. But for you, one being uh, a female, but also a, a black female, was this difficult uh, a process for you? Or like you said, you saw that earlier, didn't make it easier because you were in that earlier to kind of say, you know, it's okay to be something different, but also stand out and be that assertive because the vibe again, right? Again, if you watch your, the videos, if you see right now, the energy is there. You can't, yeah. you, you don't have, you can't do what you do now and be kind of in the background or kind of say, you got you jumping out there in the forefront. You got to show your energy, standing in front of classrooms with students and families, but also trusting in what you know, but also able to give it out to people. Hopefully, they can receive it that way. Yeah, How, yeah. What is that? What does that type of comfortability come from and confidence? from not following my path and knowing how crappy it felt and how much trouble and mischief I can get myself into by not surrendering to what my obvious purpose is. So, you know, I like to make things very clear. I have a workbook called Own Your, I don't, can we cuss on this show? You're good, you're good to go. Okay, so I have a workbook called Own Your Shit and the yep. acronym for S-H-I-T is some healing in there. And I like to be very clear because people are like, you're so positive. You're doing such amazing things. I haven't always been positive. Right. Part of the reason why I can stand in this lifestyle of owning my shit, refreshing myself and just trying to be a healthy woman is because I've been in dark spaces in my life, whether that was surrounding myself by people, places and things that just weren't for my healthy, higher good. And so, you know, if you really peel back the layers, some of the best Preachers, motivational speakers, leaders are looking at Malcolm X, right? He had to get off his knees from picking the lock, you know, yep. before he can pick the lock to consciousness. So I think it's really important that we show the duality in leadership, that I haven't always led a perfect life. I haven't always made the best decisions. But I do know the times when I wasn't honest with myself, honest with others, you know, operating at my healthy, higher good, operating like a child of God. I was miserable and I just got to a point where I wanted to own my shit because I didn't want to be miserable. I didn't want to waste the gifts of leadership and the ability to make influence on people for the negative. So, you know, I've had those stages in life when I wanted, when I was a young, young tender and I wanted to be the best rapper alive and I was calling myself the baddest bitch. And, you know, I was, you know, pit bull in a skirt, you could get hurt. Like I did <laughs> all of those things. And yeah. not to say that I, I am not an assertive woman, but the level of aggressiveness was actually hinged into a lack of healing. And so I think a lot of the time when you see women who are just aggressive for like no reason, not because you have to defend yourself or whatever, mm -hmm. that's really a cry and a shout of pain. So to me, the louder the cry, the deeper the pain. And so I realized through MCN and certain things, even in poetry, it was like hella drab and sad. And I get it. Like we, we create 
pain and we turn it into purpose, but sometimes we can get stuck there and that becomes our identity. And I realized like, no, I don't want to be the baddest bitch alive. I don't want to be the baddest bitch in the rap game. I actually want to be the healthiest woman I can be. And whatever gifts and skills that I offer is just a plus. And so when I was going down that route, I was being kind of disingenuous. I was kind of you know, putting in the back burner, the, the knowledge of self that I was raised with, the, the deep African spirituality that has me feel so empowered. I was, I was pushing that away. Even the partners that I was dealing with, like my friends, you know, significant others, they, they weren't reflecting the true power that I had within. So I was like, yeah, I need to dig deeper beyond this aggression and this anger of presentation of like being so solid because beneath the surface, I was really soft and tender and I needed to work through that. And in that process, that's when uh, a higher and a more divine level of alignment happened. And once I was able to heal my own stuff, not to say that I'm perfectly healed, but getting through 80% of that stuff to where now I'm only actively healing the things that are currently in my life, not the residuals. Uh, I just feel like I'm w way more aligned um, in a healthier space to be able to serve my purpose in a healthier way. Yeah, that's what's up. And also, yeah. I mean, and again, if you know, I'm, I understand I'm, 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 I'm that, that male perspective somewhat catching up. So you've also basically you caught up to where you can go just deal with the current and forward. You've got the, you got taken care of stuff from behind or past. Yeah, that's taken care of. I got that kind of in order. Now it's kind of yeah. just current and moving forward stuff, which that load off the back is gone. That makes it a little it easier is. to move forward, right? To more in function. It I is. I don't got to worry about as much. I can kind of deal with it, which right. I don't deal with the stuff from the past or behind. Absolutely. Which slows it down from making any progress forward, right? It could be smaller. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely uh, dope. One of these quotes I see right here I'm reading that says, uh, My, okay, let me see. Is it edgy? What is it? Edutainment? edutainment? Mm -hmm. Say it for me one time. Edutainment. Edutainment mission is to excite community members with opportunities that agitate greatness. What do you mean by that? You know, it's funny. I had someone who I was working with um, at an editing capacity and they were they were questioning, why do I say I want to agitate greatness? And uh, because when most of the time when people say, you know, at, I'm agitated, it's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I choose that idea of I'm here to work with humanity to agitate greatness is let's use the example of a washing machine. Right. You put some dirty drawers in that washing machine, you expect it to come out clean. It's mm. not a come. I'm, I'm sure if them drawers could talk, not they ain't saying, process. oh, this feels wonderful going through the purging process, going through the mm. cleansing process. If anything, it's the constant cycle, right? And in and the, the soap or the detergent is that medicine that is mm. the aid, right? The 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 um the part of the process to help the purging. I'm sure that them them drawers is getting flipped upside down, inside out. They're having to be agitated to remove and purge the toxins and the waste. And then they go off with that stream of water. Water is always present a part of our cleansing, whether it's crying or bathing mm -hmm. ourselves. And so this is a perfect way for me to identify what I call emotional hygiene. So when I'm talking about agitating greatness, a lot of the times in my interactive keynotes and the workshops and the training facilitations that I do for different organizations, I'm agitating greatness by providing an exploration experience so that they can go through a self-purging process. I'm not their healer per se. I facilitate healing processes, but it's their job to be willing to dive in, to plunge in. It's their job to be willing to recognize that I need some aids and assistance to go through this emotional purging process. Once they go through that, everybody feels refreshed. 
Everybody feels fluffy. Everybody feels lighter. And isn't that, you ever see how what you need, though. heavy clothes are when they're dirty? Oh, yeah. And how sure. light and fluffy they are when they're washed? So I love to use analogies in a lot of my engagements because oftentimes we can get our feel out of our feelings long enough to understand the concept. Once we understand the concept, then we can transfer it to ourselves and apply it without taking it personal. So agitating greatness for me is the process of um, you know creating safe spaces and environments for personal exploration, discovery, and then also them initiating and taking what I have to offer for more self-healing processes that can aid them in the moment and give that instant relief from the frustrations they're having in life, but also equipping their tool belts with different you know approaches, perspective shifts, and actual activities that they can use when they get out into the real world. And Miss Mariana's not there, you know, uh, motivating them on. They can apply it in real life. So that's what I mean by agitating grace. You great. Nice. Yeah. And like you said, agitation can cause change. It can yeah. cause things to shift and be better than what they were before. Yes. Right? These, yes. The same. It doesn't really shift or do anything. But you agitate, or you want to go back. You spend more work trying to improve it. Right, you know, right. Okay, that's what's up. Um, I just got also, a real, I got a real big spin cycle. Everybody like my spin cycle, how I spin it on them. <laughs> it's a real, real big. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. I like the analogy though, but also for us and the visual, I'm a visual person as well. So I can think about it. You put a lot of clothes in the washer, you can, I mean, it, it's there for me. So it definitely goes yeah. into that. Um, I, I want to go back to the, the music part early. Talk about being the influential as far as like um, rapping, stuff like that. Who are some of the music uh, people you were listening to or kind of? Yeah, big influences on your life at an early age in the music or in that in that realm of your life when you're going through, okay, I want to be this, or who are you kind of looking up to or looking after or, or mimicking after? You know, it's interesting. My mother really exposed me to eclectic and all styles of music, but I really took and clung to the jazz era. And that jazz era was the Billie Holidays, was the Sarah Vaughn's, was the Ella Fitzgerald's. So there was a softer side of me that really clung to... Um, the honesty of it, because, you know, Billie Holiday would say some cold stuff. Hush now. <laughs> she, she got something says, hush now. Don't explain. Right. And she's basically talking about, like, I know my man playing on me, but it's all right. Come back home. I'll be here. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, when I got a little older, I was singing these blues songs and these jazz songs. No, and I context. was like, wait a minute. So it was it sounded beautiful. But behind it, it was like, yo, there's some issues here. Like and so mm -hmm. in the blues, we're singing right our testimonies and our stories but once you really looked at it it's like okay well you know that's not the healthiest thing and then i started yeah. fast forwarding when i fell in love with hip-hop it was kind of the same thing it was like i was attracted to uh the power and the wordsmithery of uh queen latifah or mm -hmm. you know some of the more uh, proactive songs that like salt and pepper had but at the same time it was like there was an edge that was required right that that came from this hardened space so fast forward when i started getting to write more my own poetry and my own lyrics and things i realized oh i'm doing the same thing and there mm. just came a very distinct point in life and i was like i kind of started looking around at my fellow artists who are geniuses right but i was like yo if we as a people can create all these amazing things and outside of even art athletes right we we take that aggression and that pain to the court or whatever mm -hmm. i realized like yo if this is what we can create and produce when we're in pain what the heck can we do if we got a just 50 percent of the healing that we need from that painting what would we produce then mm -hmm. and that's when i started getting more into using my words for journalism right and public speaking and writing because i was like it's not enough for us to exploit our pain because if we do that we'll 
initially share our story, right? But you know, this is my pain. This is my story. This is my truth, which is great. But we will then become rewarded for starting to exploit it because we don't go beyond the identity of I'm in pain and I come from trauma. And I was like, yo, I don't want my story to stop there. Mm. And I don't want my community story to stop there. What can I begin to do to yes, honor the pain, allow you to process and create from pain, but I actually would love to hear and see some beautiful What's love that? songs. Yeah, yeah. I would love to hear, you know, more victorious triumph. And there's an imbalance of that. Usually we're celebrating, right? How much money we make, but behind the scenes, people are unhappy. I want us to get to a more holistic sense of celebratory uh, triumph. And so that's when I had to own my shit and start looking at like, it's not enough to just be dope on the mic or dope on stage or dope as an MC and host. Who are you when you start removing and purging yourself from that pain? And now I could be honest, I took about a year, a year and a half to just do this real deep journey where I was like, yo, community, I'm not gonna be serving you the way I, I did. And a lot of activists and artists lose themselves in that process. Even sports athletes, they might have a, a, a injury which caused them to sit down. And they, we will go through an extreme identity crisis because we feel purposeless or useless instead of saying, yo, let me use this time to develop myself, to nurture myself so that when I do return, I can leave my community more beautiful and beneficial than when I inherited the community and when I inherited these gifts. That's and so I, I had no problem with taking that downtime to work on me and I don't regret it because now I can speak from a level of authenticity that some people aren't. They're in positions of leaderships, but they've only done a small percentage of that work. They're just depending on the vibrato that they have and the performative ability, but you get to pulling them layers back and it's like, mm, you ain't really like that in real life. Like you, you, you present a good game, right? right. You got all the team behind you, but right. like behind the surface, like yep. you, you really struggling and you not abiding by the, the medicine that you're administering to the community. I didn't right. want to be that person. And so I was willing to sacrifice not being on stage for a while. I was willing to sacrifice not being the lead activist fighting the power while I was uh, had an addiction to marijuana at the time. And a lot of people don't want to face it because it's legal, but most people are heavily dependent on it to the point where it's not just for recreation or light healing. They can't move a day without smoking several times a day. That's an addiction. I don't care what it was. So I had to work through that. I had to deal some healing with my mom. I had to deal with some healings with my daughter so that I could remove again, some of that stuff of the past. So now when I'm standing in the present, I'm not having no imposter syndrome and I'm mm. not faking it till I make it. So that's my long preacher teacher no. sermon hey. on how I got to this space of like really being accountable, but also being confident that I don't have any too much lingering in the darkness anymore. How, I mean, you say not, it's not, it's not preaching. It's, it's, pre it's preaching, it's preaching, but it's facts. But how much of a, a, a internal relief is that though, to get that process done? Yes, it may be a little bit of a struggle. You have to grind, yeah. you have to sacrifice yourself, but to now be in this space, how just, of a physical relief of knowing what you're doing going forward and, and having that strength and positivity and that confirmation like, hey, now I know I'm 100% me. They're yeah. getting me, you know what I mean? How does that feel? Because as we know, we see and we can see or people we don't want to see in society, we don't look past the first layer that we think the first layer is it. When it's more yeah. people that, yeah. like, for you personally, how much of a just, hey, I, I accomplished this. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. This is me. This is what you're going to, this is how you're going to be. I'm going to be me. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's extremely relieving. And I think that one of the most powerful things that came out of that is I started falling for this trick. 
I started falling for this trick that a lot of humans, but specifically women go through. And it's this trick that once you sit, reach a certain age and you ain't fine the same way you was when you was 18, you start decreasing in value. And a couple of years ago, I was really like screwed up in my head because let me just keep it real. Even though like there's fitness gurus and stuff out there, not everybody is a fitness guru. Not everybody is, you know, going to built to be looking like they 18. There's things we can do. But this reality out here has people doing so much, whether it's a filter, whether it's puffing mm -hmm. stuff up, whatever, that even though you might be able to maintain certain things, certain things are supposed to age naturally because that's just what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like a beautiful oak tree it might be beautiful as a young little sapling but there's something that's nice in the the maturity of that that silver hair that's starting to come in there's something nice about prominent laugh lines which means this sister has smiled a lot right so i started falling for this trick of like like ooh, anti-aging to the extreme mm. right to the point now where i see a lot of women and i'm 44 years old i think a lot of people don't realize that because of the youthfulness yeah. But that isn't because I'm aging younger. Some people will tease me that. I'm definitely getting the wrinkles and, you know, certain body parts start sliding now. That's the reality of it, right? Yeah. Just gravity of being on the earth for 44 years. But what yeah. I realized is the youthfulness is not about me trying to look or be younger. It's about the relief from mm. not carrying that baggage. Because I know a lot of what women would refer to themselves as baddies out here, right? That, that, that might you. look like they 22, yeah. Breast up to the they chest, booty, you know, obnoxiously big, right? Got all right. the parts. But when you listen to their heart and their mind and their soul, they sound like they're a 40, 400-year-old slave because yeah. they're dragging the baggage and overcompensating for the the the, the physical dimension. And yeah. so I had to un uh, I think there's a book called The Art of Unfucking Yourself or something something like that, right? I had to really undo some of the trickery that I started seeing in my mind and saying like, yo, I'm more than a physical dimension. The beauty of me and the relief that I have from not mentally dealing with the type of anxiety and depression and these overwhelming thoughts that I had, that's what's allowing me to show up young and vibrant. And then I had to put a little cherry on top of that thing and say, you know, I'm at that age where I ain't a young gal. And I ain't a, I ain't a triple OG. I'm like right there. They call the me OT, right? Right. I'm right yep. there. But I, I was joking with my daughter the other day. I got a 22 year old daughter. So she's exactly half my age. Right. And we were somewhere and they was like, Ooh, who the mama, who the daughter. <laughs> right. I don't think that's so much about how young I look. It was them the watching us engage with that active healing, uh -huh. with that active joy. And right. so my point is, is, there's a lot of women falling for the trickery of thinking that their youth and their beauty is the key to feeling happy and fulfilled, maybe even money in this lifetime. And the reality is, is you can have all of those things, which will eventually money can get lost and taken and stolen. Your looks will fade naturally as they're supposed to. We're supposed to wrinkle ladies out there listening. Right. And, and, and what do you have after that? Once the booty ain't bobbing no more and you right. ain't able to have a snatched waist for, for forever. Right? right. The idea is that we're aging with a level of internal beauty, right? That, that lasts mm -hmm. a lifetime after, even when we leave this planet and our spirits evolve to another planet. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, definitely don't. I would say a lot of guys are going through that phase too. Now dudes be doing the extra. I'm like, you know, it's like, come on, like fellas, let's let's keep it a hundred. Let's say keep it yeah. stacked right now. Like y'all here yeah. getting these things done too, but also it takes sacrifice to work to maintain the natural, but also those chemicals, there's still chemicals, they don't belong in your body. 
they, didn't, they weren't giving to you already. Uh, they're yes. already uh, also accepting where you are, but I definitely am a, a vibe and energy person myself. Like just relationships, how you talk to people, how you are in certain environments, right? People feed off that. You can yeah. turn them up or turn them down off your vibe, but I always want to definitely be the one that turn the room up or people kind of vibe off of like, okay, I can feel that good. My, when my close friends always say, man, your aura, your aura, her aura ain't right. Girl. Or you can just tell me, he got your aura ain't right. I'm like, that's what you always say. But I'm like, oh, okay, that's a real thing. Like that yeah. vibe, like, aura, how you carry, because that's more internal. You can right. look away, but your aura be off like, nah, we ain't, I ain't feeling what we just tell. Like some of the partners for years, my college <laughs> friends, man, they like, man, her vibe ain't right, bro. You can just tell, like, it may look good on the outside, but the aura's not there. And right. that is a lot because it's, right. it's inside what matters too. You know what I mean? It's inside that carries your characteristics and how you are the person um, yeah. as, as well. Um, okay. And just a quick, so if you don't mind, how is it you and your dark relationship being that you're an outspoken, energetic person, y'all vibe each other, but how does she, are you looked at as like the, the cool mom or are you like, my mom's out here doing this, she get it done or how is that just, cause I mean, I you know what? Show, right? I'm so appreciative of that question because in all transparency, me and my daughter went through a real rough patch in life for about two, two and a half years where we weren't even talking. And I'm okay to share this truth now. I We've done the work and she knows that and we're both open about it. Um, oh. But there was, we went through that rocky time. You know, the pH balance of being a young adult, <laughs> that goes off and then trying to be yeah. a mom to that in this world, like we ain't perfect. Yeah. And so I can be very forthcoming again and me working through it can't nobody bust me out on something that i've already busted myself out on right, right. but as much as and, and, and i always tell the story i have no problem telling it is there was one time when she was a young girl she was in middle school and she came to me and we was going through it over something and that's a typical age when you know that separation starts to occur of a young adult wanting to be more independent and, and the parent mm -hmm. kind of clings to him right and so in my mind, I thought I was the best parent ever, you know, you know, the best one you could get. And she went in on me and it wasn't that she was disrespectful this particular time. She said, uh, she said, you know, you work with the community and you're a great communicator with the community, but you're awful to communicate with me. Mm. Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> Shot fired, right? And so I had a choice right there. I had wow. a choice. I had a choice. A lot of parents and their superiority and positions with their children. They say, talk to me, speak to me. Right. You, mm -hmm. you can be honest with me. They don't. Parents do not want to hear and get their progress report from their young person, mm -hmm. because True. we can say in one breath, we're not perfect. But when it comes to our kids, I'm raising you, you, I, you know, ask and don't say nothing or, you know, yeah. all these things. What are those weird things? You know, I see you, but don't speak weird stuff that we tell the kids be seen and not heard all this kind of stuff. And so I had a choice in that moment. Now, granted, we did have some more tumultuous times, but when we got to the other side of realizing like, yo, two, two and a half years of not talking messed both of us up. Mm. And so when we came to this point to heal, when we looked at each other in the eye, I had started going on my own your shit mission. So I was like, I'm not gonna play with you. We, we either gonna get this healing or not, right? Oh. And she looked at me, I said, you ready to do this? And she looked at me and she said, yes. And we have been on an upward spiral since then. That's, that's and, and those conversations and that healing wasn't always easy. So I want to make sure to, to talk mm. to young adults and parents right now. When you when and if you are willing to get on that, you don't have one conversation. And then once you get frustrated, forget it, I'm done. It took mm -hmm. time. I had to do it with my mom. And I, and I had to do it with my daughter. But as a result of that, now to answer your question, my, my daughter thinks I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm all that. Yes, I yeah. think, you know, she told her friend the other day, it rocked my world. 
uh, her friend said something like, you always with your mom. She's like, that's my best friend. <laughs> Especially in the important, important time, our lives, vice versa. And I can, I'm at test. I'm, I have a twin sister. So I have, so I got to see my mom. I'm like, ooh. Uh, we women household and uh, uh, we both stayed until we stayed one year junior college but my sister's ready to go after one year she's like i'm out of here we went all the way to yeah. alabama for school you know and she was like but at that time she was you know you could tell her ready to go but you can tell through life stuff and you know the relationship got a stronger course our mom yeah each other at that point having teenagers i was like i'm like i'm not, i'm outside with the homies playing around the house i wouldn't trouble me but i was like oh this is yeah. getting kind of like they they yeah. really, they women i was like oh this is a lot a lot but i see you know it is point. also you can see the growth now where okay communication support mm -hmm. each other but during that time it was like oh this is what you gotta stay away from son you gotta well, i'm i'm out i'll holler at y'all let me step yeah. back but, but that's yeah. definitely dope to hear and it was a lot encourage that. encourage that for all parents or just all people with relationships with uh even if it's i would say even like uncles too and nieces and nephews because maybe that outside parent who needs to communicate with your with your with your family member or the yeah or the parent as well too though right you had to advocate for a parent yeah sometimes it can separate they don't want to talk to the parent because, yeah oh, you yeah my auntie say at least let me see what she's talking about but make sure hey you gotta be on that page that definitely, yeah definitely i think don't. i want to i want to make this one more point to that oh. in terms of young adults i work with young i work with people of all backgrounds all ages but i love working with young adults uh because oftentimes i see how much they're looking their their thirst that quench that desire that they have to be quenched for what i consider that rites of passage into adulthood and a lot of eras before us, they had a lot more rites of passages that would happen for young adults mm -hmm. to get the wise instruction. And we don't get that no more. Young adults mm -hmm. is on this thing a lot. And the people that's behind that programming ain't about them being healthy and strong and productive and carrying out a legacy. Most often, the people that are behind this are trying to figure out how can I get your money and your, your attention. That's it. That's, that's most of what they want. One thing I do want to say is, what I learned from the experience between me and my daughter is that we were entering that rites of passage stage, but we were battling through it. And I think a lot of the times, and this can happen with adults and young people where you're trying to, she was trying to establish her voice, her presence, her decision-making for herself, right? And I was trying to maintain it like, no, I own you. You're my parent. Yes and no, right? And I have my reasons for certain things that sometimes young folks can't see, right? But what what was the issue is that we didn't usher ourselves into a rites of passage to where when it got frustrating the tension instead of realizing it was time for us to level up into a new relationship we felt that we had to break that relationship and this happens even with lovers right mm -hmm. when you know you're evolving just because something is changing doesn't mean you have to break the other person because it's time to evolve to a different space, whether it's leveling up together or leveling away and apart to new paths. And I think in that moment, and what I see a lot of young adults and parents do is they don't know how to accept that the relationship is changing, right? Yeah. I can't treat my 22 year old daughter the way I treated her when she was 12, even if I think I'm the best at it. I have to evolve in my parenting style. I have to make compromises. I have to change the way I communicate. And then the young adult has to understand that as much as I want all the freedom, I can't even barely pay my own cell phone bill yet. So I know I'm not supposed to just do whatever I want. We don't go through these rites of passages. And that's why I love doing training and development for that. So that it's like, okay, we don't have to hate each other just because it's not the same, but we definitely need to do things differently. If not, we will end up Damn. breaking the relationship to get away instead of learning new entry points, how to evolve into that healthy space. And now we're able to do that. So it, our relationship is a perfect, I don't desire it to be. 
Um, one thing that I told my daughter and I'm very vocal about it, is I don't need to be present, uh, perfect. You don't need to be perfect. We just need to be present enough to evolve and get through whatever issue that we're having. And so I just want to lend that to young adults who feel like they just want to leave and their parents aren't perfect. And they're like, I don't need you. You're going to need some guidance at some point, even if it's not your direct parent that can give that to you. You're going to have to listen to some knowledge and wisdom if you want to survive in this world. Definitely. I, I hear like it's sometimes not a young adult teenager. Sometimes I don't need, I say everybody needs somebody. Or something. Mm -hmm. Now what that looks like, we don't know at, at that time. Right. It's going to come a time where you need to start information. And I think that's definitely dope. And again, shout, shout out to one of my homies, man, Dwight Taylor. He's an effective I know. I, yes, you know, he's a, such a good speaker. That's, so, and that that's a big thing too, right? Effective, uh, communicating effectively, right? It may be different for different people. However, yeah. if you learn to communicate effectively, you can, it solves a lot of problems. It it, it, it clears up a lot of information or misinformed yeah. things. You just ask questions or you just be listening or you can just communicate or go, hey, you know what? I'm not understanding what you're saying. Please help me out. Or can yeah. get somebody else, and that that solves a lot of stuff. That's definitely dope. So, but also right. I think it goes to show the work you guys have put in. Mm -hmm. You've put in work, right? It's not just a, if we fixed it real quick. Just push a button or watch a video. It's right. some kind of work that has been yeah. uh, putting yeah. in. Um, definitely again, shout out. And while we're right here at this point, though, please give out this information where everybody can find your information out right now. Like sure. people's website, all that stuff out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. You can find all things you know in my world at missmariana.today. Uh, we'll make sure that's in the information when we share this stuff out. Sure. You can get access to my you know social media from that space across the boards. It's Miss Mariana365 because I'm me all day, every day. Uh, you can get access there also to purchase the workbook on your shit which is not a heavy read. It's a 50 page workbook, but it's great for people, you know, of all ages. And, and I'll say this, I've even had parents of middle school students that were like, you know what? The music that they listen to is more hardcore than that four letter word. And your four letter word at least has an acronym, which means some healing in there. Mm. I'm willing to explain that to them and allow the uh, expressive vulgarity for a purpose because some of the stuff that my middle school student is dealing oh. with has been traumatic and they need what's in that workbook because I could have named the workbook Own Your Trauma. Y'all would have walked right past that thing. Yep. Right. Okay. So middle school students, high school students, I've used the workbook in college environments and even with like CEO executives. It's been mm -hmm. very instrumental. And then lastly, <laughs> if you want to inquire on uh, having an interactive keynote at your you know, conferences, your summits, if you want a workshop, an interactive workshop or even a training, maybe for some of your staff or administrators to learn how to better engage uh, you know, your, your staff and your clients that you serve. Uh, you can do that and book yourself a consultation. You can get on my books. We can uh, sit down, talk about what we need to do to customize the experience so that everybody gets the takeaways that they need. And uh, so, yeah, anybody can go to missmariana.today and you can contact me on social media. And lastly, I would say is um, share the stuff, share the things that I create. I'm also, you know, an editor I cre and a creator. And I try to bring that edutainment to spaces. People, you know, uh, hit me up when hashtag ask Mari, Mari, and they'll do that because they don't necessarily want to go to like coaching sessions with people or therapy, but they like, I do got one little question. Can you help me? And I'll make a video about it and make it palatable in a short bite of a couple of minutes. So those are all the ways that I can show up in service to you in the community. Yeah. That's what's up. So I, you have, a, I know you have a, 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 a lot of viral moments already going around. I, I think the most recent one was, was I'm not sure if this session was at Grant High School. 
Oh, yeah. So, it, yeah, that first went viral on TikTok and then on uh, Facebook. And it's a little slower on Instagram. But, yeah, it was at Grant High School. Let oh. me make sure to shout out uh, yeah. by, a brother by the name of Timothy Poole, who has a program that he started many years ago. It's called uh, Hooked on Fishing, Not Violence. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was his way because that was one of the old school rites of passage ways that the old brothers, the oh, OGs, the OGs. take you out on that water. The water yeah. makes you talk open up you can't run away nowhere you know you you're learning a skill for a life you know skill mm -hmm. but you also outside of learning how to fish you're able to open up and talk so he took that organization and now he's actually plugged into a variety of schools in the city of sacramento and so this this viral moment that happened there was uh, he asked me to come and be a guest speaker uh, because he was saying how they're struggling with respecting women. And although him and a lot of the mentors that he has come in there, they speak about it, he wanted it from a woman's point of view. And so that's that little snippet that kind of rocked the world. Yeah. A part of the conversation was, and I don't want to misquote this, but I've watched it a few times, but I don't know if you, if you can share with this. You brought up uh, like Cardi B and Sexy Red. Mm -hmm. um, initially, what was the, I guess, what was the question, if you remember, what was the question you asked yeah. to the group uh, initially? I appreciate you asking because a lot of people will watch a small clip and think they know and can judge everything on it. And it's important yeah, to put yeah. things in context or at least use your imagination to put things in context before you challenge it, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, I wanna say, I'm not here to criminalize those women that were mentioned. The question and the context that we were talking about is who are the women who teach you, you know, respect versus disrespect, right? Like the idea and the topic of that day was respecting women. And so when they began to spew off, uh, you know, they were, you know, who gets your attention? Who, who, you know, when it comes to respect and a lot of them were naming off the female MCs or like the reality TV show type mm -hmm. of people, the viral folks there. And that that's who they learned disrespect from. And then I also asked them, well, who do you lose re you learn respect from? They said moms, you know, my, one of two of them might have said auntie. And so what I said was there's an imbalance there because you obviously have more women showing you and displaying and teaching you what disrespectful engagement looks like. And then you only got one or two, you know, big mama, moms, two women, right? Mainly mom that's teaching you what respect is. So if you constantly have this imagery of how negative or disrespectful engagement is, but you only got this one or two people in your ear trying to counteract that, it's an imbalance. And that's where I try to slide in and be the great neutralizer in that way to remind them, like, just because these people are oversaturated because they got mm -hmm. a louder megaphone and all these screens, there's some truth and some sweetness and some saviorisms in what Big Mama is really competing with them to say. Right. So I don't mind coming in with what I call and it's nothing new, that universal auntie energy that I don't have to have birthed you. I don't have to have known you all your life to be able to be like, hey, like the old school people. Hey, you know you cutting up. I know your mom yeah. in the street. You know you, that's not what you was raised like. Come on, get your act together. I care even if I am not tethered to you by virtue of being your actual relative and your auntie. I'm your community auntie. And so that's what that was about. And a lot of people tried to... Um, attack it, right? Well, what's wrong with Cardi B and what's wrong with Sexy Red? They're successful women. Ah, mm -hmm. there we go again. Well, what kind of success are we talking about? Because if we're talking about financial success and the success of fame, absolutely, they they killing it. By any means necessary, literally, they are doing what it takes to stay mm -hmm. relevant in that way. But those women don't care about the nurturing 
of your growth and development. Your mama and your big mama, even if they're not perfect, they do. And so I am that loving but firm reminder that I'm not going to compete with these women or talk down to them, but I am going to make sure to usher in opportunities for you to explore how is that influence impacting how you're showing up for your actual girlfriends or sisters or female friends. It is having some impact, whether you want to admit it or not, because you you ideally don't even respect those women. They just get your attention because they're saturated and somebody behind the scene is paying for them to be on these screens all day. Ain't nobody paying your mama and your big mama and your auntie to love on you. They're doing that from a space of love. So when I was there with them, a lot of people were saying that um, I was badgering them or I was like making them responsible for misogyny. I'm not making them responsible for the conditions of patriarchy and misogyny, but I am telling them be accountable for how you show up in this lifetime, in this time. And that means you're probably going to have to get more people in your ear that love you for healthy reasons, mm-hmm. not for exploitive reasons. Yeah. And as we know, I mean, that just, it, it affects, turns on how they treat those who have daughters, those, I mean, whatever your other, other, other men, female in their family or extended family or friends, I mean, those communication mm-hmm. things are there. Like that, those are, are, are behaviors that are, are learned, but that yeah. also affect what they're doing in mm-hmm. their future. And again, a, a goal I can tell from the auntie behavior is to keep you out of jails, out of prisons, out of situations where you make the wrong decision based upon what you may feel you've seen or is right. Or, That's know, right. Which, you know, which is, is something that should be applauded. But again, for us growing up, I mean, I'm an 80s baby as well. That's what hey. it was. Like, you had aunties and mamas like, hey, Watch what you're doing. You have to watch how you, you know. You have to watch how you move. You have to watch what you say around people. You have to watch how you expect around women. You know stuff like that. And right, that we know there's a lack of that right now. Yeah, in the world today. Yeah. However, it's something that shouldn't be shunned. Uh, it's not shouldn't be shunned upon either to do what right. has been right. Respect when women are asking for respect, but That's also right. work both ways. As we know right now, guys should be respected in the same way. You know That's now, right. you, know, you see young women. It's it's turning. That's They're right. Definitely- Verbally aggressive. They definitely That's right. have communicate differently. They you know it's definitely different, but it's to the respect factor and communication that should be uphold just as people in general. And it's now we true. need to go forward. It's um, true. And you know what's so funny is that when I'm working with young adults, people think I'm showing up a certain way. Believe it or not, when I'm working with executives, I'm working with global leaders, I've worked with professional athletes, politicians, all kind of folks. I'm the same way with them. Because it's a it's a it's a space of nurturing that oftentimes when you're in positions of leadership, you don't get. So as much as I might seem to be firm but nurturing with these young adults, I'm showing up with the same auntieisms with grown adults because somewhere in there the malfunction has to do with the lack of accountability. And when you're in positions of leadership, you oftentimes don't, you know, have to deal with accountability the way a young adult is. But that's how we get crooked leaders oftentimes because they didn't get that accountability at a young age and then they garnered a sense of power and control and influence and then that stuff runs amok because nobody can pull them to the side. So believe it or not, I'm not just auntie to kids in the community. I'm auntie to grown adults out here Mm -hmm. who are sometimes twice my age. I've worked with people in their 70s and 80 years old and they say there's a wisdom about you. There's an old soul about you that I'm glad I got to work with you before I checked out of this planet so Mm -hmm. I can work through some of this stuff. So I might be auntie daughter. I might be auntie cousin. I might be auntie friend. But that universal feminine divine energy of giving you a safe space to work through it, to be held accountable in a firm way, but not trying to do any harm. Everybody needs that. Every human being needs that feminine energy, that love. That's definitely dope. Definitely yeah. Dope. Definitely needed. Um, 
what currently what you got coming up next i can see i, I was looking on the internet i know you got some <laughs> socials but i'm like or where can we find what oh yeah the point that you may want to share or get us to or get our attention on right now definitely i'm in the kitchen i'm cooking <laughs> daily right so uh it's crazy when that um piece that particular video which is crazy because i've been putting videos out like that for years but it's just funny how mm -hmm. certain things catch right because i did one there's some with young ladies and they don't respond like that, but I'm not mad at mm -hmm. it. Whatever the world responds to is what they respond to, right? right? But as a result of that, I've had tons of mentors and coaches and educators flood me on every platform like, yo, where's your curriculum at? Where's this at? Where's that at? So there's mm -hmm. some amazing things in development and I wanna make sure that you know those understand that I'm not here to just you know be famous in the moment and garner it. I really am here to, agitate the greatness in those people who want to stand in community council positions as educators, as mentors, as parents. So I have some wonderful things in the making for that. Um, I also have uh, an amazing podcast that I started uh, during COVID when everybody and their mama had a podcast on Instagram live, right? Oh, gotcha. It's called Refreshing Convos. And it was a tribute to making sure to create safe spaces for conversations again, for folks who are, you know, artists, entrepreneurs, influencers, so that they can be accountable and healthy in the process of having their their fans or their flocks or their followers. And so now I finally got started that a couple months ago, officially on, on YouTube, because, you know, we don't think it ain't real if it ain't on YouTube, right? So that's right. what's going on. And yeah. then also I have a very special project that's launching in the springtime that I won't, you know, announce right away because, you know what I'm no saying? Problem. We don't we we announce the gumbo till it's ready, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. But, but it's, it's definitely time. coming together. So yeah, folks can definitely plug into Refreshing Combos, which is my podcast that I just officially started on YouTube. Uh, and then um, be prepared for some of the more of those tools and resources uh, as a result of some of the, the skill sets and the approaches that I have being in high demand. And then lastly, just gearing up to tour more schools abroad who are looking for some of that one-on-one -on -one work or collective work with their young people and with their staff and, and folks in positions of leadership. So good things. Definitely. definitely. I, I know when this drops, it's going to be high demand. My, my line will get blown up. I'm going to, I mean, it's going to pop all even more. I can already tell <laughs> people I know that's going to be easy fix. Next, I got yeah. some work stuff offline that we definitely discussed too. Like, I definitely can fill you in and we can try to connect and uh, do some stuff. Let's like do that. it. It's already, you know, timing is everything. You know, I, I'm a believer in that too, right? So it happens yes. um, at the right time. So at the end of the show, I always ask my guests, if you're not familiar with it, I'm, we'll, we'll find out right now. In basketball, we call it triple threat. You dribble, pass, or shoot the basketball. Three things, right? It's called triple threat. I can dribble, okay. pass, I can shoot. But I ask all my guests, personally, what's your personal triple threat? Three things that you, Ms. Mariana, can explain to your guests who are watching on the show for the first time, who may know you or don't know you. Three things how you kind of, you say, put your stamp on who are like yourself. Three things that you kind of carry yourself by or how you maneuver, or just how you go about your life by Give me your personal three things, your personal triple threat right now. Well, first of all, I'm glad you wasn't about to ask me about sports because I'd have fell flat on my face. That's why I had <laughs> to give broke, a little more context you behind you. my ankles because I don't know nothing about no sports. <laughs> but I would say my triple threat is the ability to stand in authenticity, to operate out of uh, purpose, and to be of service to community at whatever capacity I serve. Yeah. Oh, she knew, but you, you knew exactly what it was. <laughs> that was I mean, it was just explaining what it was. That, that's definitely dope. So, yeah. Um, again, y'all heard it here first. I'm live with Miss Mariana. 
Um, again, thanks for your time. Be on the lookout for the stuff that's coming up. If you guys are looking to get into your schools, into your meetings, collaborations, please hit the websites, follow on Instagram as well. And again, once this episode drops, we're going to tag her in it, tag all the socials. And you can hit me up too directly, either if need be. I'll definitely be that bridge. And that's what this platform is for as well. That's nice. to connect people with you here and far from afar, right? So hopefully just get, like to get global with it. Stay, yeah. busy, stay busy, but get that information out there. But the energy is definitely well-respected and well-received. And uh, we appreciate you. Um, again, y'all heard so your first time with Coach JT, 94 feet with Coach JT and Mr. Mariana. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>